to be talking to you all about the narcissistic personality and primal drives. I'm going to be breaking down how they often use a person's primal drives against him or her for source supply. Narcissists or the cluster B personality types often function from the reptile brain. Okay. This is where the primal drives derive from, right? Which often provides them more attention from others. When the narcissist stimulates their reptilian brain, the targeted prey often responds or reacts with a particular emotions, with particular emotions that supply the narcissist or cluster B personality type. All right, so they often will use the primal drives. Now, what are the primal drives? That's your foods, family, fornication, and flight. Okay, so this is often what a lot of us go for, of course, as human beings. So the narcissist will often look at these things and they will look at how a person will go for the things or how they do these things or what type of habits he or she may have or vices that he or she has in order to obtain these things, right? Such as food, okay, fight, and all these other things, right? A narcissist will sit back and study a person and watch them, mimic them even, and perhaps even hijack their consciousness. And one person may ask, okay, well, how do they hijack your consciousness? Well, actually they can do this by gaslighting you. But before I get to all that, uh, the, the paleo-McMillian brain, which is the emotional brain, is another layer wrapped around the reptilian brain. The gaslight techniques combined with the use of neuro-linguistic programming is the narcissist trump card which is often, which often ensures that particular emotions will be experienced by the targeted prey or the source supply, right? The targeted prey is a suggestive state while the certain pre-programmed triggers are experienced. So when a person is targeted and they are actually triggered by something that the narcissist may say in or do, unfortunately, when the narcissist applies the gaslighting technique or the neuro-linguistic programming, this will put that person under a suggestive state. It's almost like the narcissist can hypnotize a person. Sometimes the narcissist is not conscious to doing this. However, a person may even feel like the person who's being targeted by the narcissist, they may sometimes feel like the narcissist is doing this on purpose. They may think that the narcissist knows exactly what they're doing sometimes. But I'm here to tell you from experience, the narcissist does not always know that they're doing this at the time that they are actually doing it. Okay, so it's, sometimes it's a subconscious thing. They're just so accustomed to behaving in a particular way that the narcissist does this, you know, it's like breathing to him or her. When they apply the gaslighting technique and they combine this with the neuro-linguistic programming, this is a mind screw. Okay, but the emotions can often be involved. Just like I was talking to you all about the Paleo McMillian uh, program. Let me just go back to that for a minute. But that's when the emotions, right? It's like it's like a different part of your brain is wrapped around another part of your brain. The Paleo McMillian brain is the emotional brain. 
So that's wrapped around the reptilian brain. Okay, so when this is happening, what does that involve? That means a person's mind, okay, is being toyed with, but they will become emotional about it. That's how that looks. Very often, narcissists, they will pull these shenanigans in order to gain control or maybe obtain control. All right, they will even do this for fuel, sometimes even sport. You know, it's funny to them. It's a game to them. But the neuro-linguistic programming sometimes can be used for good. Very often, the narcissist will use this as a trump card, though, which will ensure that they will get an emotional rise out of the person that they're targeting. That's what that looks like. Sometimes they'll goat you into an argument. So when they start to gaslight you and they apply the neuro-linguistic programming, this is what's happening because your emotions, you start becoming perhaps emotional. The narcissist may even start to uh, play mind games to the point where you're thinking he or she knows what's on your mind. They know what buttons to push. This is how the suggestive state occurs, okay? But the pre-programmed triggers are being ex experienced. So when a person is experiencing uh, triggered or being triggered by the narcissist, what they're saying or doing, that's how that looks. They're, that's what a pre-programmed trigger is. When a narcissist has studied the person, they kind of know what buttons to push. So they gaslight the person and they apply neuro-linguistic programming, which is playing with the mind, but invoking certain emotions that the person may have. The person that they're targeting, right? For source supply, this person may have already been traumatized before. They might have already been going through things. So when the narcissist is applying the gaslight techniques along with the neuro-linguistic programming, then this person can experience pre-programmed triggering. Okay, so uh, very often their mind is being toyed with at this time, but their emotions are being evoked or uh, provoked. Pre-programmed triggers, what does that look like? Or what can they be? This can be traumatic ex events, right? Just like I was mentioning, a person may have been traumatized from something before. The narcissist may even know about that, by the way. Okay, so unresolved fears is another pre-programmed trigger. People, places, and things that remind the person of traumatic events. Another pre-programmed trigger is adverse effects of abuse, dysfunctional relationships, and unresolved pain. By using neuro-linguistic programming as a diabolical tactic to obtain narcissist supply, the narcissist is able to spellbound others by repeatedly using suggestive words, key phrases, along with a particular tone of voice while studying perhaps the reptilian systems of others in order to mimic him or her. Okay, when the narcissist is successful with this diabolical tactic, most find him or her to be less of a threat at the beginning of the relationship or the beginning of the relationships. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to go over some critical questions with you. Critical question number one. Do you often feel emotionally, mentally, or psychologically drained, especially after a heated argument with a narcissist? Or perhaps this is another cluster personality type. Critical question number two. Is there a contrast between how you feel while in the presence of the narcissist? in comparison to when you are away from him or her, which scenario influences you to feel and think better about yourself. Okay, so which scenario do you feel better? 
do you think even more clearly? Because that happens. Okay. When you're in the presence, presence, (laughs) when you're in the presence of the narcissist, have you ever noticed that you don't think as clearly, you don't feel as well when you're around them, but when you're not around him or her, you tend to think more clearly. You tend to have more confidence. Okay. You mean you may even feel better about the world, other people and yourself. Just notice that comparison. It's very hard to notice this while you're right in the thick of the relationship with a narcissist. I mean, when are they ever done with the diabolical tactics, right? But when they're doing this and they're not even around physically, our energy bodies can still feel the residue of it. So this is why I'm mentioning, you know, it's it's a good idea to try to, you know, make that comparison, make that contrast or find the contrast. How do you feel when you're not around them? What do you think when you're not around them? How do you tend to think when you're not around them? But when they're around, do you tend to feel and think differently? Narcissist relationships leave a person struggling with their self-esteem and their confidence because they tend to have a negative or a very low uh, view of themselves due to the experiences of narcissist relationships. Next critical question. Can you use five words? to describe the character of the narcissist or perhaps another cluster B personality type in your life based upon actual events that took place between you and them. Okay. Then let me break that down. So if you can describe the characteristics of the narcissist, right? Based upon actual events that took place between you and them. In other words, no one else is influencing that. The narcissist loves to run up and say, oh no, but I did this person right. Or I did that person right. Or I did these good things. See, I'm not so bad. See, narcissists, they try to fall back on that. That's part of the gaslighting, by the way. The narcissists, they have extended the gaslighting to recruiting flying monkeys to speak for him or her, right? To chime in on what a great person they are. So when you begin to shut out those voices and just go inside yourself and start listening to your own intuition, listening to your own inner voice, listening to your own instincts. Okay. That tells you that this person treats you awfully. Okay. They don't treat you very well. They, their characters tend to be very faulty, questionable. Actually, when you seek that contrast, you will be blown away because now you're starting to show signs that you're outgrowing the narcissist relationship because you're starting to trust yourself a lot more versus what everyone else is telling you about him or her. They see the narcissist loves to have enablers and flying monkeys be their spokesperson or people because eventually they're going to have to try to hoover you back in, especially if they think they can get more supply from you. Tool number one, practice mindfulness in order to help understand what triggers the primal brain. Okay. How does the primal brain function? This goes right back to what I was talking about, guys. How does a person tend to think and how, or not just how, but what do they tend to think when the narcissist is on the scene? Because I bet you right now it's quite different from when they're not on the scene. 
When a person starts to spend more and more time with other people who are positive, when they start to spend more and more time around people who are not narcissists, then there's your contrast. That person can start to think better about themselves and perhaps even the world and other people. And they may actually start to believe and think that they can have positive relationships with other people. So practice mindfulness in order to help understand what triggers the primal brain. Okay, so practicing mindfulness will help you become more assertive. It will also help you to emote, become more emotional disciplined, right? Emotionally disciplined or practice emotional discipline. That means you're not as reactionary when a narcissist does pull a shenanigan, right? Because they like to goat you into an argument perhaps and they feed from that, but you're not becoming reactionary so much anymore because you practice emotional discipline. Another aspect of practicing mindfulness is when you start to practice self-preservation. That means you're taking care of yourself a little bit more. You're putting yourself ahead of the narcissist instead of being the person who wants to co-sign so the narcissist feels better. Okay, what do they like? How do they feel? What's going on with them? So you're backing away from that. So another aspect of practicing mindfulness is practicing uh, personal boundaries. So remember those four elements of practicing mindfulness, personal boundaries, self-preservation, assertion, and emotional discipline. Tool number two, discontinue to waste any time, finances, and or energy on attempting to change the narcissist. Or perhaps this is another cluster personality type in your life that's doing this, okay? You know, you don't need to waste time, especially when the narcissist, the narcissist relationship is not going anywhere right? Why would you waste any more time and, and be focused on something that's not going anywhere? It's almost like going to the bank and depositing a million dollars. But then when you go in and want access to that, to those finances, the banker will tell you, oh no, you can't, you can't have access, but you just deposited all that money and you can't even get any of it now. That's just, that's exactly how it is in a narcissist relationship. You put so much in, but you can't hardly get anything out of it. You're not getting back what you put in. All right. So tool number three, take time out to spend with yourself by creating a personal sanctuary or place of refuge in order to obtain peace of mind, especially when you um, may feel overwhelmed by the narcissist relationship, because it may seem like everywhere you look, there's narcissists. Everywhere you look, there's a narcissist personality or narcissist relationships, right? When you start to feel overwhelmed that way, Try to look for that contrast. Seek out the contrast. One of the things that the contrast will do for you is to give you peace of mind, as well as harmony and balance. So when you are a person who may feel overwhelmed, perhaps triggered by the narcissist relationship, this is how you can calm yourself down. Practicing self-regulatory process. Okay, this is another part of mindfulness. You're calming yourself down.